to The Measure of the Fan, a Star Trek podcast in which three nerds watch all of Star Trek in chronological order, one of them enduring it all for the very first time. My name is PJ Montgomery and I am joined as ever by Matt Troy. Hello. And our resident Trek first timer, Elliot Red. Hello everybody. See, nailed it. Second time back, back on it. All good with the intro now. Well done. Thank you. I, I did the bare minimum <laughs> required. Like riding a bike that last week you just happened to scrape your knee on. Yeah. Put the stabilizers back on it this week. Yeah. He stuck a stick in his own spoke so he wouldn't have to watch Enterprise. (laughs) (laughs) As we all have done. (laughs) Stuck a stick in my eyes and... (laughs) Through my head so I wouldn't have to listen to the theme song. (laughs) Uh, We we are nearly done with that theme song. I want to say forever, but while... Little little teaser for you, Elliot. While when we finish this season, we'll still have three episodes of Enterprise to go back to, we will only have that theme tune once more. Mysterious. Uh-huh. Okay. Yeah. Tantalizing. Small yeah. victories. Yeah. I mean, just, just the fact that I won't be necessarily um, <laughs> as committed to the skip intro button as I am right now, I feel like... <laughs> it's yeah i just even if it's because other star trek themes i'm still going to skip the intro every now and then but i'll also every now and then be like yeah i'm in the mood to watch the intro right now yeah like discovery is like one of my favorites uh which might be i might be a slightly controversial choice because i know a lot of people like hate it but i that i really love the discovery intro i didn't like it at first but it grew on me over time and now i love it i feel it's kind of it's one of the more intrepid sounding ones yeah yeah, like sure. Voyager, like again, is another one of my low-key favorite track themes, and it's mm. just beautiful. And like, if I listen to it, sometimes it kind of like in the right situation will kind of like well me up a little bit because it's lovely. Yeah, Deep Space Nine, as you've heard before, just sounds like Emmerdale Farm to me, the British <laughs> soap opera set on a in a small village by a farm. I mean, that's basically Deep Space Nine, isn't it? Deep yeah, Space it Nine is, is the small yeah. village. Bajor is the farm. Yeah. Of course, like TNG is absolutely banging until you watch that video of the guy who's invented lyrics to the theme. And now, every time me and Mario watch it together, we're always like, right, Jordy LaForge. <laughs> <laughs> it's a shame that Enterprise had its lyrics already because then we could have written some. Yeah. I mean, the best lyrics, though, the best lyrics to any Star Trek song are the lyrics to the original series. Yeah. 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 I think. We've uh, we've discussed that before. I think I even played the Nichelle Nichols version of it. Oh, do you know my favorite version of it is the Jack Black and uh, Kyle Gass version, the Tyson Gray version. It's great. <laughs> Beyond the rim of the starlight, my love is wandering in star flight. I know he'll find in star clustered reaches love. Strange love a star woman teaches And I know his journey ends never His star trek must go on forever But tell him as he wanders the story See, remember, remember me It's a shame they never covered Enterprise. That would be fun. It's not. <laughs> so, speaking of Enterprise, because we have to, uh, this week we are looking at Daedalus, which was written by Ken Lezebnik and Michael Bryant, 
directed by David Strayton, and first aired on the 14th of January, 2005. The Ooh. far future. <laughs> I was just thinking exactly the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> it is the year 2005. Elliot, how old were you in 2005 again? I want to say 12. Yeah, about, well, I would have been, yeah, uh, 11 for a majority of the year and then would turn 12 in the late year. <laughs> You're so young. Uh, anyway, our episode opens and the Enterprise is back on Earth because it hasn't really gone very far this season yet. Yeah, stopping and starting, aren't they? Yeah, it's just Vulcan and back a few times. That's all it's done. Fanning around. <laughs> to Vulcan and back, a Star Trek journey. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but Archer and Trip are walking around the ship, going to the transporter room because someone's beaming aboard, and Trip's nervous because it's one of his heroes. It is uh, Emery Erickson. I had to look at <laughs> Memory Alpha, or I was going to call him Doctor Transporter, <laughs> and that's what he's going to be called. And probably is now the title of our episode: <laughs> <laughs> the inventor of the transporter. Right. So I've issues with this. The, the why, transporter was invented? Why didn't they just buy a transporter of somebody else? Why does it have to be invented on it? Little Vulcan's like, you can have this. It's just, like, it helps us if you have it because you're not spending, like, 14 hours shuttling cargo between the you know, space station and the surface. And like, no, 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 we're going to invent this on our own. No, because Vulcans, are, Vulcans up until very, like, last week would all be like, no, we want you to spend 14 hours because we're pricks. It's true, but like they, there were other like the Denobulans. I'm sure they'd have gone. Yeah, yeah, we'll sell you like a short range, fairly reliable transport. Like we don't want you transporting things further than like 200 miles because we think that you'll fuck thing, you know, fuck around things. But yeah, yeah, you can have a 200 mile transporter. It's perfectly safe to transport flesh and guts with, and uh, yeah. But no, they had to work it out for themselves because if nothing else, they're time wasting wankers. Wait, I- I'm a little confused as to exactly what's setting you off about this so uh, do other species already is established other species have definitely developed transporters already yeah we've seen the andorians do it we've seen the vulcans do it and other miscellaneous races do it i think even the orions do it so is it not just a case of although it's not already established that rule one of the don't interfere with the thing no it's nothing to do with that it's it's imagine every like imagine someone invented television and the UK refused to use televisions until they'd invented televisions themselves. To be fair, the UK would do that. They would. <laughs> they definitely would. <laughs> it seems to be like you know they could probably go about twenty light years away in a ship and buy a ship like a used ship from another alien race and have a rudimentary transporter on there. Like, I don't buy this shit. I don't buy this prick, this fucking guy in this episode needed to do all the shit that he did. I think they could have just bought one. Once you got warp drive, you can just buy shit. You can see that guy fucking sold them a lot of shit for pepper, so we could huff it. <laughs> I mean, you're right, but also, no. <laughs> because... I, I disagree with that. No, I'm right. I'm just right. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, is that your only major complaint about the episode, Matt? No. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Matt's being Elliot this week. I, I'm still kind of confused. What is it? What? Uh, what's the issue? Oh God! The, 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 there's swapped. an inventor. No, you I'm and not- Elliot have done a body swap episode. I'm just confused that they that there is an inventor of the warp dr- of the transporter. Is that what you're agreeing? No, about? no. My I'm problem is is the transporter has been invented probably hundreds of years before this guy now this guy lives in the era of warp drive right we already know that before the enterprise there were other warp capable ships oh I, just... I see he's just the inventor of the earth transport yeah he yeah. is like inventing warp drive fair enough because you know a lot of races have that let's not fuck around with these guys until they're mature enough to develop a warp engine and you know that's fair enough but once you've got a warp engine you can just go places and buy things from other people <laughs> But I, I guess they wanted them to figure it out on their own. Why? Yeah, it doesn't make any because sense. Not the entire human race isn't as lazy as you, Matt. <laughs> but also, the entire human race is geared towards like you know efficient. It's evolution. You don't just like oh like that guy's got a shell. I'm gonna spend the next ten million years evolving a shell. You just fucking 
you get him, you beat him to death, and you yank him out of his shell, and you put her on yourself. That's how evolution works, right? I mean, yeah, but also at the same time, do you remember when the COVID vaccine first came out and Americans wouldn't take it if it wasn't the American one? I, okay, we're, we're a yeah. shit race. But the idea is we're supposed to have kind of got past that at least. No, was, not till the next gen. But, but also, you know, some Americans, yeah, but they they still were the minority. They still were the maniacs like this. <laughs> most people, like, oh yeah, quite sensibly, I want to protect myself from this virus that could literally. Yeah, but one of those maniacs uh, was also in charge of the country. True, admittedly, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> most goodly people around the world will follow science. <laughs> Anyway, the inventor of the transport has arrived. No, 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 no. The stealer of the transport has just arrived. The guy who who must have nicked ideas. <laughs> Doctor yeah, Transporter is here. He's the fucking steamed hams. Of the that's what this fucker is. He's he's gone to Krusty Burger and passed them off as his own. This is a Simpsons <laughs> reference for anyone who doesn't realise. If you don't know what fucking steam ham is, fucking stop listening to this podcast and go and get yourself an education. Is that a wow. transporter I say before me? Oh no, this is a displacement maker. <laughs> wow, Matt's, uh, Matt's gone for our entire listenership early this week. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, Tripp's very excited to meet Dr. Transporter, starts adjusting his uniform, and in a moment I did like Archer says, you want a mirror? And Tripp says, you got a mean streak in you, you know that? <laughs> I would have loved it if Archer just held up his middle finger. <laughs> <laughs> Reached quietly into his uniform and just pulled out his middle finger. And yeah. <laughs> it remains, all these years later, one of my favourite insults. <laughs> anyway, Dr. Transporter and his daughter... Young transporter, <laughs> the transporter daughter. <laughs> Beam aboard. He's in a wheelchair and he says nothing seems to be missing as he pats himself down and yay. But he hasn't got a dick anymore. <laughs> but Archer, it turns out, knows them from back in the day. He introduces them to Trip. They go down the corridor, and and. Dr. Transport is like, I'm going to borrow your ship and do shit that's going to make your ship obsolete. And everyone's just like, yeah, yeah, whatever, you're a crazy old fuck. (laughs) (laughs) And that's our teaser. So then, theme tune, and then we cut to the mess hall where T'Pol is is reading, and Tripp says, hey, you want company? And she's like, I guess. He's like, what are you reading? I'm reading the Kirora. Oh, yeah. And he asks her how it is, and she says it's interesting. Shite. Bear shite. And he's like, hey, your mum died. Do you want to talk about it? And she's like, no. Yeah, not now. Not when I'm like, eating a lunch and reading a book. <laughs> and Tripp says, but I like talking about my dead sister. And Tobol's like, yes, we know. <laughs> shut up, shut up, shut up. <laughs> yeah, That's that feel, scene. I don't feel for Trip right now. No. I don't feel for Tobol either. But I... Kind of a bit indifferent towards this whole thing at this point. Yeah. We're so close to the fucking end now. Ten episodes left. <laughs> Including this one. Oh, I need to pause this episode a second because um, I, I needed to read something out and I can't be bothered to remember it later. And last time we recorded an episode, I was supposed to have remembered to do something and I forgot to remember to do it. Well, now I'm going to do that thing that I forgot <laughs> to do in a previous I'll, I'll play some intermission music or something. <laughs> Thanks, yeah. So Ben Connell, you know, former, uh, former, like, former guest on the show because we sacked him. <laughs> <laughs> Previous guest on the show. He he was curious the other day about all of the Andy stats that we we had on the show. Uh, Andy yeah, stats. Yeah, and he's actually because we've obviously had many guests called Andy. He's developed yeah. some kind of thing here. He says, "Hi, want some Andy stats? Of course you do." On the measure of fan, you made a joke about having a lot of guests called Andy. I realize I'm in my second work, uh, my second workplace to have three Andys. Hot Fuzz makes a joke about the station having two Andys. What's up with all the Andys? Well, UK name statistics show that Andrew is in the top 20 boys' names from the 50s to the 80s. US statistics show it spiked massively in the 80s. So there you are. And he give us, he give me two links about baby names. Then he give me a bonus stat. 
I had a job a few years ago with four Pauls, all of them on the cusp of, cusp of retirement. My dad, also Paul, is the same age. Yes, get what was in the top 10 names in the mid 50s. And I click on this link, it's Paul. <laughs> That's the maddest message that I've had uh, from, from uh, a listener and guest of this podcast in a while. And I, I just really thought that I'd bring that to attention. <laughs> Oh, and all of our Andes will all be back at some point. <laughs> Maybe one of our Bens. <laughs> we should uh, we should get an episode with all of the Andes on at once. Yeah, oh just let God. them do just it. Just let we them can... do the episode. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The measure of a Fandy. The measure of a Fandy. Oh my God! I mean, <laughs> Maybe we'll make it the last episode of Enterprise. We don't have to watch it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, can we? <laughs> <laughs> so uh, Andy's if you're listening we're making you a team now <laughs> uh, where was I in the episode oh yes we're in Archer's private dining room which now has five people around the table for the first time on a table that was not designed for five people <laughs> uh, there's there's just not enough elbow room between T'Pol and Transporter Daughter they're just nudging each other yeah yeah and um, Dr. Transporter is saying, I have a new invention, a better transporter. Do you know that my favorite thing about this whole thing is like, yeah, this isn't going to work. Like, <laughs> the moment he said that he's going to have like a better transporter, I was like, whatever it is, it's just not going to work. Because yes. I know what the future is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I checked out at that point. I'm not going <laughs> to. <laughs> yeah. I literally knew there was going to be drama around it. And I guessed immediately because I couldn't remember this episode from before because it was frankly dog shit uh, i remembered i did without having remembered anything i guessed it would be that he was trying to bring somebody back i i couldn't be bothered to guess i was like <laughs> i mean i didn't either my brain did it for me because i, I can't stop oh, my it. brain didn't my brain was going la 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 yeah yeah i i didn't have any formed thoughts at this point other than I think it's around the dinner scene that he's like vaguely maybe brings up some of the, the dangers of a uh, transporter and some of the things that might have gone wrong in like the early tests that he did. Oh, and yeah. stuff. I give you skin failure. Yeah. He was like, Oh, skin failure or, you know, some diarrhea. Someone's, someone's just, yeah. Somebody, somebody farted a lot when they came back and it was like, Oh, fuck. Yeah. And I was like, Oh, you're failing to mention the ghost mode that activates being fused with rocks randomly. Like, <laughs> One of the bits I do find quite funny is every single thing he lists is something that will happen to a character on future or past series of Star <laughs> yeah, Trek yeah. in the transporter. Yeah, everybody was worried they'd be transported to a different place and they wouldn't have their clothes on. <laughs> Riker. <laughs> yeah. Only with Riker it's on purpose. Oh no, I didn't transport my clothes. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, we're both naked. <laughs> but he says he's invented a transporter that can transport someone from Earth to Vulcan. And Archer says, we already have those. They're called ships. And, ever, and that literally happened. Like, the room just fell silent. And Archer's yep. like, ships. <laughs> ships. And Dr. Transporter is like, I don't like ships. So fuck them. We'll do transporters instead. Starfleet's going to be obsolete. Yeah. And then while the aliens are invading your race, you can all fucking transport to Vulcan and plead for help. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently... Dr. Transporter and Archer's dad were friends and they talk a bit about that and Dr. Transporter's like, I miss your dad. And Archer's like, K. <laughs> and then there's more talk about Transporters. And I'm reading Memory Alpha and I'm like, I watched this episode an hour ago and I don't remember this conversation. So Imagine all like 8 billion humans transporting to Vulcan at once and like 7 eighths of our population would immediately die in desert. Like, Do you... Do you think, because it's never a thing, like if everybody jumped at once on the Earth, it would be like an, an appreciable kind of effect of all of the human beings. Like if 8 billion humans transported immediately to Vulcan, I think it would cause like, I don't know, like a, a storm or something. Like a... I, Yeah, there would be. I feel like there would be, because that's so much air displacement at once across yeah. the whole planet, right? Like and all like that energy, like I mean, that's going to be yeah. a bit of heat. Like if eight billion people were transported at once, that's probably like enough to cook that planet. <laughs> it would create like a Venus, like a greenhouse effect. 
and just fuck. That's a really good weapon, actually. They should uh, explore that in a future Star Trek. They can pay me for it. That measure of a fan, Kofi. <laughs> I'd say don't, because they'll make it a whole season of Discovery when it should just be an episode. But yeah. Discovery's ending, so yeah. Do you know what it's like? Do you know those balls that you put at the bottom of like a like a bowl when you're like cooking something? You get those like what are they called? Like baking balls, or is that just something? oh the the blind the ones for the blind baking? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You um, you just kind of baking balls. Yeah, you get like these ceramic baking balls, and you kind of put them into uh, into the bottom of your tray, and uh, they do something uh, to to help. So basically, if I was in Star Trek, I'd be like. So uh, a, a mass transport would destroy the atmosphere of the planet. And then I'd turn to the guy and I'd be like, yeah, imagine ceramic baking balls uh, in, a, in a thing. <laughs> and he'd be like, why are you here? And I'd be like, I don't know. You told, you told me to come. And like, I was going to do it from Zoom. And I've come all the way here. And he's like, just, just, just sit quietly, okay? Big adults are talking. I'm like, okay, I'm fine. Can I still go to the buffet? And they'd be like, yes, yes, you can go to the fucking buffet. <laughs> How did Matt get into Star Trek? <laughs> it was beamed in by some prick. So then we go to the transporter room where Trip and Dr. Transporter are modifying the transporter. And Dr. Transporter is like, I was the first person to go through a transporter. I was in it for a minute and a half. It felt like years. And then I vomited. He wasn't the first person to go in a transporter, though. It's a blatant lie. He was the first person to go in a transporter that he invented. But that's like saying I was the first person on television because you were the person who invented television in that country, despite the fact that television has been happening for like 20 years everywhere else in the world. He's not the first person to go through a transporter. He's not even the first person to go through a transporter of his own making because the person who originally invented transporter, probably a few of them around the galaxy, you know, like convergent evolution, they all did it themselves. (laughs) And and one more thing, just one more thing, ma'am. Also, people have travelled back in time to before when the transporter was invented and transported. That them. doesn't count. That's nobody has ever been the first person to transport. This guy needs to fuck off. He needs to shut up and fuck off. This guy needs to fuck off. <laughs> wow, that's in a ranty mood today. <laughs> He's an angry elf. This oh is, my god! This is so weird. I had very few feelings about this episode, but it seems to have made Matt very angry. <laughs> yeah, I, I obviously I don't like this show. I'm not going to give it any praise, but I didn't hate this episode like I have some in the past. Well, that's a good thing Matt does. It didn't make me feel extremely strong feelings. I just want to say as well, I just want to say one more thing, ma'am, one more question. It's actually just a point. I actually really like Bill Cobbs as well. I think he's a great guy. And he's been in like a lot of my favourite films. He's been in like A Mighty Wind, The Hudsucker Prophecy. He's been using Demolition Man. I was, yeah, I was looking him up on IMDb. His very first credit is The Taking of Pelham 123. Which is like probably one of my favourite movies of all time. Like maybe classic. Three. I absolutely love that film. He's also in The People Under the Stairs, which a lot of people hate, but I think it's fucking great. He was in The West Wing. He was in The Sopranos. Yes, yeah. He was in The Muppets, the the movie. Yeah, he was. He was in like the revival Muppets movie. Yep. I think he's great. I just fucking hate, what's his name? Emery Board or whatever his name is. Dr. Transporter. Yeah, Dr. Transporter and his daughter. Take your daughter to the transporter. Sounds like a Dr. Seuss novel. (laughs) Dr. Transporter and his daughter will not... Do what they order. <laughs> she said it's unethical, so he fought her. <laughs> Dr. Transporter, Dr. Transporter. <laughs> One shoe dry, another in the water. <laughs> Dr. Tra- I'm a poet. I'm a professional poet. He has been posting a poem every month on his note. <laughs> every day on his Instagram this month. I am. I'm posting for Naporimo. Or Naparimo, if you meet. Do Dr. Transporter as your next one. I, maybe <laughs> it does rhyme with a lot of things Doctor, oh, I left my lid off my fountain pen now it's dried out as you were killed his son without second thought sir <laughs> yeah so Trip says to Dr. Transporter this is going to need a lot more power let me look at your power converter so I can test how much energy it's going to need and Dr. Transporter's like I will do the power converter and Trip's like I can do it it's fine and Dr. Transporter says, I will do the power converter. Starfleet said, I'm in charge. Fuck you. And Trip's like, I'm suddenly suspicious of this man. And we all should be. 
because he is a kook. It was at this moment that I was like, aha, the episode has revealed itself. <laughs> yeah. I wish it hadn't. <laughs> Shady transporter man is up to transporty things. <laughs> so meanwhile, Archer is giving transporter daughter a tour of the ship. <laughs> She knows a lot about the Enterprise and has read about all the missions. And she's like, what the fuck were you doing? <laughs> he says, you could sign on and, and join the ship. And she's like, I can't leave my dad alone. He still hasn't gotten over the loss of his son, my brother, son transporter, Quinn transporter, who we lost 15 years ago. Remember this key plot point? This is it, isn't it? This is the point where I was just like, yeah, I told you fucking so. <laughs> Who apparently was like a brother to Archer, we find out later. So why is he not going, oh, Quinn, yeah. I don't remember, yeah. Quinn. <laughs> yeah, it's just, anyway. And then we're in the transporter's quarters. <laughs> <laughs> not the transporter's daughter's quarters. <laughs> I think transporter and transporter's daughters are sharing quarters. Oh, so okay, so technically transporter's daughter's quarters, but also Mr. Transporter's quarters as well. <laughs> Oh my god. <laughs> and anyway, he takes his shirt off and she injects him in his back and his back is a Klingon forehead. Oh yeah. Something which is framed as if it's going to have relevance to the rest of the episode. It fucking doesn't. It does not. He's got Klingon spine syndrome. He's just got a deformed back. Presumably because he went through transporters when he shouldn't orders. Yeah. Yeah, transporters. And then she's like, I'm having to lie to people. And Archer's my friend. And he says, we can't tell anyone our secrets. <laughs> yeah, he says, no, they are not on our side. They're not on our side. They're military Starfleet and they only serve Starfleet. His loyalty is to Starfleet. He's married to Starfleet. <laughs> ah, dear daughter, who is now in my quarter. I used the transporter and now I am shorter. <laughs> 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 oh dear <laughs> oh also the Enterprise is in a bit of space called the Barrens where there are no stars and shit no I did write about that I was like this is this is like do you know like right okay here we go <clears throat> uh, Star Trek does this a lot and I think the only two times it's really been three times it's been successful with the Badlands the Briar Patch and the Mutara Nebula but they're always like giving something a whimsical name. And it's just a bit of space. It's like, oh, it's a bit of space. Like even the, um, what's it called from the last series, The Expanse, it's kind of a bit shit, wasn't it? Well, that's why they got rid of it. It doesn't exist anymore. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they cleaned it up. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think the Barons ever comes up again. Yeah. It was just there for this episode. She's my male sorter. I do what I can to support her. She'd be a reporter if she wasn't my daughter. <laughs> Silly girl, silly girl, Dr. Transporter. <laughs> That's quite a tall order, old Father Transporter. <laughs> Quick, take me to the engineering for quarters. <laughs> There's no other mortar rhymes. <laughs> there will be. There will be. <laughs> We're not Eminem. We can't just do it for three hours. <laughs> Get away with it. We're not Eminem, we can't just do it for three hours. Isolate the audio. We want that to come back and haunt him in future. <laughs> How's that going to haunt me? It's like a sex thing. I'm sure Eminem would be happy with this statement. Indeed. But the we're not him. Yeah, he's very lucky in that regard. <laughs> so then we're in the armory, and Malcolm and some guy are there, and the guy is like, there's something over there! And Malcolm says, that is terrible line delivery. What the fuck? <laughs> anyway, you go look down there. I'll go look upstairs. And then the man goes and looks over there. And a weird thing hits him. And he falls over and screams. And Malcolm comes downstairs and his face is melted. Yeah. yeah. He listens to a really fucking awesome metal song. <laughs> he literally melted his face. <laughs> Actually, initially I was like, oh, it kind of reminds me of like the melty dude at the end of Robocop. But actually, it looks a lot more like in Pirates of the Caribbean 2, when the first one with Davy Jones, hmm. when Will Turner is on like a wrecked ship and first encounters Davy Jones, he encounters a dude who's have his, had his face for some reason sucked weird or melted off. It looks really weird. It looks like that, where it's just like swirled. And melted. Yeah. It's like a Chicago town pizza. It is pretty gross. Like, 
body disfiguration is always one of the body horror in general is always one of the scariest things you can do. So even though it's like a one second shot of just a melted face, it's the most exciting thing in this episode. And the great thing is on Netflix, you can pause it. (laughs) (laughs) Then we go to the transporter where Dr. Transporter and transporter daughter are lingering around where they shouldn't order, (laughs) listening to songs. Bring your daughter to the slaughter. Michael Slaughter. And Archer says, have you ever encountered anything like this? And Dr. Transporter says, no, no, I haven't. I don't have any explanation. I have to go now. <laughs> as long as there are absolutely no follow-up questions, no, no, I haven't. <laughs> and then in their quarters, Dr. Transporter is shouting, you need to take responsible for that bad actor's death. <laughs> Transporters like nah, don't have to. But we're gonna bring your brother back to life. <laughs> so then they're doing a test, and their test is beaming a probe like a little bit further away than they've ever beamed anything before. So they do it, and Trip's like, "Yay! Hey, Doctor Transporter, why don't you come to the mess hall and have some food with me to celebrate?" And Doctor Transporter is all like, "No, but bring me some cake." <laughs> and stop distracting me. Stop touching my things, you dirty boy. <laughs> he's like, but this is my console. And he's like, well, not anymore. And then he pisses on it. He's like, this is mine now. <laughs> oh yeah. And he makes he makes Trip pick him up and stand him at the transporter <laughs> so he can work the controls. <laughs> oh god. He's actually just doing a Steve Martin from Dirty Rotten Scoundrels. <laughs> Good reference, good reference. That's a good film. I haven't seen that for years. Oh, let's arrange a gang day out to watch it. <laughs> Why do we have to go out to watch it? <laughs> well, two of us do, because we don't live together. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's probably going to be me and you, Elliot, okay? So... <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, I have a baby now. I can't go anywhere. Yeah. Right. So then we're in Archer's quarters, and Trip walks in and says, I'm suspicious of Dr. Transporter. And I was like... I'm really glad they've made them suspicious at this point because this guy's been shifty as fuck. And to be fair, I didn't expect them to. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they are very naive, aren't they? Yeah. And Trip's like, because all the stuff he's making me do, that doesn't do transporter shit. And Archer's like, oh. <laughs> yeah, it's like, he, he makes me take my pants down and sing my dingling. And I don't think that's helping. <laughs> <laughs> And then Archie says, I am also suspicious because you made me do the same thing. Yeah. And look, Trip, I think it's raw when he opens the drawer and there's a poo in it. And he's like, I wasn't there this morning. <laughs> Never explained. I've been looking for a way to segue this into the episode somehow. And this is this might have to be it. It's weak as hell. Have you guys ever seen Orson Welles doing an advert for a French champagne? Yeah, I thought that's one of my favourite things in the world. But he's drunk as fuck. Ah, oh, Frank. There is a French champagne. There's a like French champagne. Thomas Masson. Ah, the French champagne has always been celebrated for its excellence. There is a California champagne by Paul Masson, inspired by that same French excellence. It's fermented in the bottle, and like the best French champagne, it's vintage dated. So poor it's the fact that there's two actors that are in this thing with him and every time the cl- the first time they do the checkerboard action he's not even paying attention and he's like Bro, and they have to go like awesome awesome <laughs> and then the second time <laughs> the second time they clap and then the third time they clack it he's like no the French <laughs> and these two actors that have to keep a straight face right next to him do such an incredible job. Like, they're clearly professionals, because they're sitting there next to this pissed-up, shit-faced Orson Welles going... Have you, have you ever seen the sketch of that? It's like, there's a sketch by James Adomian, the, um, the, the, uh, the comedian, stand-up comedian and uh, impersonator, who is absolutely amazing, but he's done like his own version of it, and it is without even straying too far from the original <laughs> outtakes of the commercial, is fantastic. I'll, I'll send you a link. Yeah, I need to watch that. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. Yeah, the French, uh, so funny. 
But Archer is suspicious because he's like, yeah, Dr. Transporter said he'd never seen one of these anomalies before, but I've read some logs. And it turns out five years ago, a crew member on Dr. Transporter's ship saw something similar. And then T'Pol phones him and says, hey, we've got the anomaly back. So even though it's an anomaly, Archer, T'Pol and two Marines go at it with guns. Well, you never know. <laughs> Did you say, oh, you never know? Yeah, what else are they going to do? Not take their guns? I agree with you. I feel like they don't do enough with guns on this ship, and then that's how things, bad things happen. Yeah. And Archer says, don't touch the anomaly. Then he and T'Pol go into the decontamination room, the sexy room, because they're like, here's a set we haven't seen for a while, but we don't want to do the rubbing anymore. So, <laughs> And T'Pol touches it and goes, ow. Yeah, I'd never thought about the fact that that set still exists. It's just yeah. not being used. Because... Rick Berman and Brandon Braga wouldn't let them take it down. In fact, I think it's still in Rick Berman's house. <laughs> it almost certainly is. Yeah, but T'Pol's touched it, and now her hand's a little bit melty, and they go to sick bay, and Flox is trying to treat her, and she's like, look how cool my hand is. <laughs> Stop picking it. <laughs> and then she says, luckily, my scanner is also a video camera, so I got some very good video footage of the anomaly but we've we've never done this before, but I've done it now. And they look at it, and they pause it, and Archer's like, there's a man in there. It's Dr. Transporter's son. <laughs> Actually, I love this moment, because they do the, the old trope of, oh, oh, here's the image. Bring it up on the screen. Brr. Enhance. Brr. And then it just goes, little more. Brr. <laughs> 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 a little more. A little more. Oh, little less, little less. That's too clear. Why yeah, have you only enhanced it twenty-five of the possible hundred percent that we could enhance it? A little <laughs> more, please. Yeah, we can't do it, Captain. We don't have the power. <laughs> oh wait, no. We just turn this knob. There we go. <laughs> yeah. Archer goes to confront Doctor Transporter and says, "It's your son, and you lied to me." And Doctor Transporter goes, "Yeah, all right, but can you help me?" And Archer says, "Yes." I know I'm just going to be grumpy all episode. You said you came here to get him back this region the barrens is actually a subspace node a bubble of curved space time that's why there are no stars quinn's transporter signal is trapped here at certain intervals there are fluctuations in the node that cause the signal to reappear if we can lock onto it at one of those intervals we can save him you could have told me all of this before Starfleet would never have authorized the mission. I had to create an excuse. A member of my crew is dead. I didn't know that the manifestations would be dangerous, believe me. You want me to believe you? I want you to help me. He loves being grumpy. He does. He's the Grumpus. He's Captain Grumpus. He's Captain Grumpus. <laughs> and then he orders Trip and Topol to help Dr. Transporter, and Trip's like, no, because people have already died. And Archie says, no one cares. No one cares about the dead man. <laughs> extras, Trip. Just extras. <laughs> what was his name, Trip? Tell me. Right now, what was his name? Trip says, it was it was Bobby Badlines. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, Trip. James Captain's Ready Room? No. <laughs> <laughs> And then on Earth, a letter arrives with Mr. and Mrs. Badlines to tell them that their son, Bobby. <laughs> Mr. and Mrs. Badlines. And then they say, oh no, our son is dead. <laughs> uh. So Trip is working with Dr. Transporter on the transporter. And Dr. Transporter says, hey, you're not really talking much to me. And Trip's like, no, I don't really like you anymore. Did you like it more when I worshipped you? And Dr. Transporter's like, well, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That was a lot easier for me to get my nefarious tasks done. Well, of course I did. <laughs> and then Dr. Transporter says, you'd understand if you'd lost a son. And Trip goes, now I can talk about my dead sister again. And he leaves. Uh, I, yeah, I do like the moment when Trip's just like, oh, I wouldn't, I've lost a lot and I wouldn't, I'd do a lot to get my sister back, but I wouldn't put other people in danger. And the dude's just like ignores it completely and is like, ah, I miss my son still. <laughs> I like stories. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. And then Transporter Daughter is in Archer's quarters talking to Porthos. His canine daughter, son. Aww. 
Do you reckon she knew K, um, K9, Porthos from the past, or do you reckon it's the first time they've met? She, she mentions having heard of Porthos, so I think this is the first time. And Porthos does do some great rolling over in this he does. scene. That's yeah. my favourite bit of the episode. I can imagine the director going, this is a, can the dog do anything? It's like, well, it can roll over. He's like, great, we'll do that. Just run with it. <laughs> it's like, she puts her hand in a position that's like, oh, I might pet the dog. And the dog rolls over and goes, pet me. And then she doesn't pet the dog. Yeah, she leaves the poor bastard hanging. Yeah, yeah. she's dead inside and yep. evil. Oh my God, this whole family is rotten to the core. Yeah, don't trust the transporters. Especially that guy who was killed by, by becoming a photon ghost. A faust. A faust. <laughs> <laughs> and she says, all daddy transporter, Dr. Transporter to you, has thought about for the last 15 years is getting Sun Transporter back. And soon he can think about something else, like trees or, yeah. I don't know, the sky. Dying with dignity. No, not that. And then we're in engineering and T'Pol goes to see Trip and he's like, hey, I'm going to bring back movie night again. What do you want? A horror film or a musical? And she's like, no, I'm going to stay in my quarters with the Kiorora. Stop drinking that Kiora. He's like, hey, you used to like interacting with humans. And she says, no, I didn't. And now I've got (laughs) better priorities. Yeah, what was possibly giving you that idea? (laughs) And then we're in a shuttle bay. And I'm just pushing Dr. Transporter around, looking for the anomaly. And they find the anomaly, but it goes through a wall that blows up. And Archer pushes Dr. Transporter over in his wheelchair, not to save him, just for fun. Yes, yeah, because that's the kind of guy that Archer is. <laughs> and then later on, Trip's like, hey, uh, we shouldn't be doing this because that thing nearly went into the torpedoes. And if it had, we'd all be dead now because the ship would have gone boom, boom. And Archer's like, no, I'm grumpy. We're going to keep doing the bad things, and you're insubordinate. He's like, fine, fine. Has there ever been a mutiny in Star Trek? Yes. Yes. I'm surprised more people weren't against continuing with this after the wall explosion right next to the torpedoes. Well, that would have involved writing lines for, say, Travis. I would have thought, you know, maybe Flocks would go, um, Captain, (laughs) it's a little worrying. (laughs) What the fuck is going on? (laughs) Were this the expanse, you would not risk damage to our ship. It's good Star Trek voice there. What you've done there is you've done a Star Trek voice. There is no particular character, but it's all <laughs> characters. Yeah, that could be any regular human that's serious or a Vulcan. So it's like... Yeah, yeah. It's good work. Nice. Yeah, pointless Thanks. work. I'll be here all week. <laughs> what? In the chat? <laughs> <laughs> In this vacuumless, timeless space between podcasts. Yeah, we just put Elliot in a cupboard when we're not recording. Yeah, he's like a teacher. He lives at the school. <laughs> <laughs> Elliot lives at the podcast. <laughs> so in, in Dr. Transporter's quarters, he's talking to Archer, and he says, now I got a scan of my ghost son anomaly transporter thing. I can get a lock on him and bring him back. Now I'm going to say I'm sorry to you about everything, because I have nearly achieved my objectives. And Archer's like, okay. <laughs> He's like, yeah, I'm pretty tired of this plot now, just like everybody else. So, yeah, I'm mad. Just fucking get done, get Brexit done. And then they're in the transporter room. Archer, Trip, Flocks, Doctor Transporter, and Daughter Transporter by the transporter, and they're trying to beam in Sun Transporter. And Topol's like, he's here, and they beam him in, but they're not very good at it. They don't have enough strength. And Flocks scans him and says, yeah, if you beam him in, he's dead. And Dr. Transporter is like, no, I can fix it. And everyone else is like, no, you can't. And then they beam him in and he dies. And, he's like, and no. his dad's all like, oh, now I'm sad. Transporter son, no. <laughs> and then like a few minutes later, Archer visits him in his quarters and he's like, yeah, I'm over it now. Yeah. And he's just like, though without the supporter of my hindquarters, I invented a teleporter and my son I did slaughter. I'd be hung, drawn and quartered at Starfleet headquarters. Is this the end of Dr. Transporter? <laughs> yeah, and so he's like, "Ah, oh, my son would prefer this to being between life and death." <laughs> and I'm just like, "Kay," <laughs> and then he's like, "I'm going to have to answer to Starfleet." And Archer says, "Maybe they'll make you a teacher because apparently that's what you do for crime now." That's what you do when you melt off someone's face. You get to be a teacher. If this was like Black Mirror, then he would have been trapped in. A hellish AI-like dimension where time moves immoral and he goes insane. But this is Star Trek. 
What's most likely is that he would have been able to stay in that kind of stasis for as long as it would have taken for a future civilization to go, oh, look, we picked up this dude that's just like floating in transporter space. Let's just materialize him. He's going to die, though. That's ah, fine. We've got vaccines and shit. Vaccines for being disintegrated. <laughs> Disintegration. His, his cells were degenerating, but they could just like reverse that because they got fucking bullshit technology, right? That's, that's just the transporter. Is it always the transporter, or do they sometimes just go, here's this device we've never mentioned before? Well, no, the transporter disintegrates you and puts you back together. That's that's what it does. The, as is mentioned in this episode, does it actually kill you? That is a debate that no one can find a conclusive answer to. Yay! So he's, like, half disintegrated while he's, like, in this stasis mode? Why not? Because if it disintegrates you and puts you back together, how's he, like, forming enough of a body to form a pose to walk around? This is my problem with it, right? Is that the transporter is two elements, right? One element of it disassembles you at a molecular level and moves those uh, molecules through a beam of some sort to the point that where you need to end up. The second element of the transporter is a computer saves your entire brain to a computer which it then reintegrates with your body. Like I'm assuming that that's the answer because I don't believe that. Like I'm not flat pack. Like if you took me apart and put me together somewhere <laughs> else, I would fundamentally be brain dead at the very least, probably actually dead. So this is the bit I don't get. I can totally understand how his body might be trapped out in space, but where was his brain patterns being stored? Space. I don't think they were. That's why he died. I think it's just a badly thought out stupid episode. <laughs> well, for sure. That's the case. Then we're in sick bay and Flox is scanning to Paul and, she, and he's like, hey, I can't find any trace of Panar syndrome. And apparently on Vulcan, no one's got it anymore. Hooray! Eh? <laughs> and uh, yeah, I'm not even going to question why. Okay. And then to Paul goes to see Trip and she's like, I'm going through some shit right now, so I don't have time for a relationship. I need to understand me. And Trip says, at least my warp engines still need me. <laughs> oh, beautiful, beautiful writing. And and then Dr. Transporter and Transporter Daughter leave the Enterprise on the transporter. And that's that. That's that's the end of the episode. They leave, oh no, wait, so they, they leave on board another ship, the Sarajevo, which is definitely Scourge, the Decepticon, and they should not get on that ship. No. Interesting, yeah. So we've seen this ship before. This ship appeared when the Enterprise returned after the Expanse, and it was like flying around the system. This is the ship that's been described as the elite observation vessel. Oh. So, and again, I'm not sure if it's like the best observation vessel or if it's just an observation vessel for people with cash. <laughs> As always, answers on a postcard to. I mean, it's the first time we've seen it in proper close up, I think. Oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. 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 It's, it's also like. Really a bad design for this era. Yeah, it looked it did not look like an Earth ship. Because it's got like weird like curly engines on it. Yeah, it was weird. Mm. It was odd. Anyway, that's that episode. Two things I wish to say about this episode to start with. One, the whole like three scenes of Tapol reading the Kirshara and talking about Panar syndrome, barely even a B plot. Why the fuck did they just shoehorn that into this episode? It felt completely unnecessary. Who knows? They were Who the knows? most boring parts. And two, Lisa had a good point, which is, you know, essentially it's about a transporter ghost. Her exact words were, this is the kind of spooky shit episode Travis should have been involved in. Yeah, this is prime Travis and Hoshi territory, them walking around with a torch and going, together. <laughs> yeah. Where is that shit? I want to see like a drawer open, and I want to see Travis poke his head out of it, and then close the drawer and open another drawer, and he gets out of that drawer. That's, what <laughs> that's the kind of transporter accident I want to see. Travis fused with a chest of drawers. <laughs> I want to see Travis injured. I, just want to see, I want to see him run between doors in a corridor. Yeah, I know. You, you, you want the Scooby-Doo antics. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Don't you? I mean... If they lent into it, I'd enjoy it. Hell yes. But I'm not going to say that's what I want from my sci-fi adventure show. I mean, I would, definitely. Just given the alternatives of what it is compared to what the options are, yeah, I'd take that. Yeah. Do you know what? I really enjoyed this episode. <laughs> Did you? 
Yeah, that was great. No, I fucking didn't. <laughs> so, two other people who didn't enjoy it, according to Memory Alpha, Manny Koto, the executive producer of this season, who is fairly diplomatic when he says, I wasn't pleased with the way the script turned out or with the final production. It was just a flawed episode. Yeah. Or Brandon Braga, who was less diplomatic and called it kind of a dreadful episode. All I remember is it turned out terribly. <laughs> he was right. <laughs> Yeah, it's 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 not great. It's definitely a weak point for season four. It makes no sense. It, like it's best season though. Like, at least it's over soon, all right. It's it's a weird one though because the the idea of taking a Star Trek technology, introducing us to the inventor of it, and this inventor actually either having nefarious purposes or just being a bit weird is a classic one, and there've oh, been yeah. some great examples of it. And they just fucked it. Yeah, there's so many great examples of this. Like uh, Dr. Kelzo from um, Scrubs in the episode that he's in in, in TNG. Like that's that's a great, great example. Or uh, Dr. Daystrom in the original series. Dr. Daystrom in the original series. Um, uh, what's his name? Uh, Winchester from MASH in the episode that he's in in The Next Generation. Yep. The solar flare machine thing. That's a really good one. Um, yeah. Is, the, is Garth of Izar, does he do something like that as well? He's more of a war hero, I think. Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, I, oh, I'm sure. There's another example of it in the original series, though, as well. Yeah, there are a couple, I think, in the original series. Yeah, it's a classic premise, and I'm here for it. And it's one of the Star Trek premises I've, I've always got a bit of time for because, well, as is the, the premise of Star Trek is a bunch of best friends all live in work together, and everybody else can't be trusted. And it's that's prime Star Trek. Yeah, but they just fucked it. In this they, they fucked in this it yeah. Like the the concept of meeting the inventor of the technologies that we're totally used to just seeing be used, again, concept that should have been utilized from the start of the show in order to make the show work. Because yeah, that's the yeah. entire concept of the show. And at this point, it's too little, too late. Whether it's done well or not, the, in the middle of the fourth season or even towards the end of the fourth season, when you've already done the first three seasons and series three was that horrible Zindi arc, it's not going to be as effective nearly as effective even if you do it well than if you had just done it at the start agreed yeah 100 percent agree i mean i'm not as angry about it as matt but <laughs> yeah it is a pretty poor episode i would say the worst episode of season four so far yeah i agree yeah i've, I've broadly enjoyed a lot of this series compared to not in general compared to the other series but yeah this one is a particular nadir of this yeah this whole there... There have been episodes that I found way more tedious and boring to watch in season four. Oh yeah, there's worse episodes in the first three seasons. No, I mean, I'm talking season four. four so far, I'm talking guys. season four. Which ones? The Nazi ones. I hated those. Oh well, they were like full of Nazis. I thought you loved Nazis. They were great fun. <laughs> they weren't fun. Sopranos was in it. Yeah. <laughs> you mean you mean no? We have Sopranos at home. Was in it. <laughs> hey, Bobby Bacala is not a soprano that we have at home. <laughs> He's an actual Sopranos. He was the best. He was, in, he was like one of the stars of the best episode of Sopranos ever. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, he came to rescue Paulie and um, uh, what's his name? Jesus, my brain's gone completely blank. Uh, I can't remember the names. Michael Imperioli's character. Why can't I remember his really? Um, yeah, thingy. Uh, nope, it's gone. It's gone. Anyway, yes, he rescues them. Which has also reminded me that another film... Chris uh, Modasanti. Chris. And my brain. It's Easter, I've eaten chocolate. <laughs> but no, that, that's reminded me of another film that I found out... No, not Richard Cobb. What's his name? Well, this guy, the actor. Yeah. Uh, Bill. Bill Cobbs, yes, was in. Is Paulie, which I seem to recall is an episode, an episode, a film Elliot particularly enjoyed as a child. Is Elliot. that The Parrot? Yeah. Yeah. That really freaked me out because... I remember seeing it spelled, and I thought that I'd been getting Polly wrong all my life. <laughs> In the UK, we say Polly instead of Portly for a parrot. <laughs> my God. Do you want to repeat that bit without dying so I can edit the copying out? What's in the yeah, chocolate sorry, that. you're eating? Uh, razor shards? for like a month. Oh, yeah. Anyway, yeah, parrots. What was that, Elliot? No, uh, just... Wondering if there's razor shards in the chocolate that Matt's eating. No, I've had a, like a cough for about a month because if I get sick and my chest gets bad, I'm just fucked for like 
for like weeks and weeks after I supposedly get better. So that, that's <laughs> all. That is all. As you were, stop hoping that I die. It's always worth checking if your friends are in the middle of a jigsaw trap or not, friend, folks. Always, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Friends don't let friends go in a jigsaw trap. To yeah. be honest with you, would you actually probably be friends with anyone who'd end up in a jigsaw trap? Like That's a very good point, but every now and then, you know, if you actually keep up with the films, there are some people in there who don't fully deserve the, that, that treatment. You know, some of them are just like, ah, he didn't, didn't pay someone back a hundred quid once. I gave up on that film series pretty quickly. The first one's great, yeah, yeah. but after that it falls off a cliff. Yeah, I think I watched like the first three yeah, and I was bored by the third one, but yeah, yeah, the rest of them. Well, number ten's coming out, so catch up. Oh no, do I have to catch up? Has the premise changed at all? Apparently, I've still got nine Fast and Furious movies I have to watch as well. So <laughs> I've got two Madness of King George movies to watch. <laughs> <laughs> but, but guys, Tobin Bell, the, the guy who played the character that died in the third movie, is back for the tenth movie. <laughs> They've done that already. I know he was also <laughs> he was also back for the ninth movie. <laughs> Does he just like has he had like an increasingly sort of bizarre series of video wills that he's been living out? Is that? Yeah, he's like um, he's like Mori- how Moriarty ended up in Sherlock, where he oh ended God. up living like an entire second lifetime of like planning things. Basically, it turns yeah. out before he died so that he could keep living for another three years in video format. The thing that always fucked me off about that was like his first plan was supposed to be brilliant. So like if it worked, would the other plans have like sort of gone into action anyway, you know? It's like the Joker who just has contingency plans for failure one after the other. Just like a chain of like, well if this fails then this one. And if that fails then this one because he knows that he's always gonna fail. I mean, God loves a trier, right? So I'm told, but I've been trying for ages, and I don't uh, feel like... I mean, maybe one day you'll get a lick of the shiny brass stick. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I want to lick that. Um, do we have anything more to say about Daedalus and Dr. Transporter or his daughter? No, Transporters. I did so many rhymes this episode. There is a French Transporter. <laughs> One of these days we are going to do an episode drunk. No, we should. I don't know how that will go. I think you'd have to choose a very specific episode that wouldn't matter so much, or maybe Star Trek Into Darkness. What about like the Naked Now or the original series version of that? The Naked Time. Yeah, maybe we wouldn't have to be naked, Elliot. Don't worry. (laughs) Well, I would be, but you know. Anyway, our next episode, Elliot, is Observer Effect. Observer Effect? Oh, are we going to be tying into the effect of observing? I mean, I guess. I'd hope so. Who knows? I knows. Do you you remember this episode? Vaguely. I think it does something that I'm a little bit... At the moment, I can't remember it in detail enough, so it confuses me how they've done it. (laughs) Right. It, it basically brings in an alien that they almost certainly should not have brought in. Oh, right. Okay. But I can't remember if they actually do it well or not. Okay. okay. If we're talking, you know, Ferengi or Norsicans. Yeah. Okay. But yes, so we will be back next week to look at Observer Effect. We will observe it and then tell you about it. Tell I you guess. about the effect it has. Yeah. Yes. What board are we? So join us for that in a week's time. In the meantime, if you have enjoyed the show and you would like to find us, not physically, please don't come and find (laughs) us, but online. (laughs) There are links to where you can find us there in the description of this episode. Click on those links. I've also started including in the description a link to where you can find Gavin Mitchell, who draw, drawed, that's not the word. He drawed it. Who drew our amazing new cover art. And you can find his work on Instagram. He draws lots of cool oh, stuff. I've got one of his pictures on, on, on my wall right now. It's of Columbo. Obviously, I'm also a massive fan of. That is a good picture. I think the Kickstarter for his new comic will be over by the time this episode comes out. So sorry about that, Gav. But do look for The Berg, which is a one-shot horror comic that should be out in the not-too-distant future uh, about a fat berg in the sewers of London and the people who find it. It looks great. Gavin's getting to draw some grotesque stuff that is fantastic. So check that out.
find us online. We're not really doing anything, but find us anyway. And yeah, go to our coffee. Give us money. It might make the show better. Can't guarantee it, but it might. <laughs> you never know. It's worth a risk. It is worth a risk. And then join us again next week. In the meantime, everybody take care. We'll speak to you soon. Bye-bye. Bye, everyone. Bye. Bye.